Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox Post Game Show. Presented by PointsBet, use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I didn't need to use my risk-free bets tonight because the White Sox lost 8-2, to two, and I told you from the jump at pregame. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox Post Game Show. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. All right, there is a game to talk about absolutely here, but we didn't talk about this on the pregame because I kind of wanted this to be what we opened up with on the postgame tonight, and we want to give all of our thoughts and, and all of our frustration with the town of Highland Park after what happened on July 4th uh, where their Independence Day parade was broken out by a mass shooting. And I'm 24 years old. I've never stepped foot into a school post-Columbine. I mean, every school I've stepped into has been post-Columbine. And um, you can definitely get numb to it, but then when you see good friends or people you know tweeting out that they were there, like Kevin Fishbane, who we worked with a ton at 670 The Score, it's terrifying. And it's definitely now too close to home. And I don't know what side of the aisle you are on, uh, but I just want to say that this needs to stop because people are feeling unsafe just to leave their houses. And, and we need to take every measure to stop this. And I, 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 it's truly tough to put it into words when this keeps happening and happening. And there's, you know, not only one in Chicago, there's one in Philadelphia, and then people are getting hit outside Oakland A's uh, ballpark as well on the same day. Uh, it's a scary time out there, and I just want to give all of our love to our community members out in Highland Park. Here, here, Sean, and I echo your sentiments. Yes, enough is enough. It's been enough, and uh, we need more legislation. We need more common sense things that need to happen. We had one thing pass. Now let's continue on the fight so we can continue to have a life here in America and don't need to be scared about going outside to celebrate the independence of this country. So, yeah, uh, for the seven victims who uh, passed to their families, uh, Definitely, um, we're thinking about you, and we're tired, and uh, we could not imagine what you're going through. Yeah, it's uh, truly a sad time in, in our country, and I, you know, I, I, w- I would love to say it's going to get better. I would love to say uh, that things will change, but I've been beaten down by this for my whole life, and I I've, have a feeling that a lot of people out there feel the same way, and hopefully this ends and ends soon because this is the only country where this truly happens. 
tough to segue out of this, but the White Sox lost tonight 8-2, to and Herb, we saw it coming from a mile away. Uh, yeah. I predicted 6-2, to um, they lost 8-2, to and it's because the Minnesota Twins hit a lot more home runs than the White Sox, and that's been kind of the White Sox state this entire year, is this offense hasn't been able to produce, and hey, you know, eight runs is a tough deficit to come by, but we saw this last night. Twins didn't score eight runs last night, especially in the first three innings, they only scored, uh, or first nine innings, they only scored two, so it's, it's pretty distraught or at least it's it's stressing for the White Sox fan to see a sweep over the weekend against the Giants and then you come home against the AL Central opponent that swept you in April the team that's currently leading the AL Central and you're currently now 0-5 against this team yeah and as you pointed out twins at five home runs White Sox at zero <laughs> this is that's the difference like that team and the, the home run hitters weren't home run hitters. Kirloff hit his second and third of the year. That's not a thing. Polanco is a home run hitter from a couple years ago. But I'm just so frustrated. We see other teams come to guarantee great and say, okay, Michael Kopech's in the mound? Delicious. Let's eat. Home run. Home run. Home run. Just crushing balls. But the White Sox. Yesterday, it was Dylan Buddy. Today, it's Josh Winder. These guys are no good. No, I mean, put it this way. They should be getting hit hard by the White Sox. And those balls should be traveling over the fence too, like the Minnesota Twins balls did. But no, White Sox don't come through when they need to. When base runners are on, they struggle. When balls are left up in the zone, they don't crush them. They don't punish them. They follow them off or they let them go. The Minnesota Twins are not that great. You saw them. They're not that great. But they did hit five home runs off of us. They punished the White Sox for making mistakes. I just want this team, who, which was promised to us, to start acting like it. And maybe it never will happen. Then heads need to roll. Somebody needs to leave. Not little soldiers like Frank Minichino and Howie Clark. And I got you, Nick. You're my mans. But big names. Like Tony Larusa should have been gone already. Rick Hahn, this is your team. They're a third-place team. Third place, six and a half games behind the Minnesota Twins, July 5th. And then, yeah, tomorrow or, or Thursday. Man, getting Eloy back. It's like getting a big-time trade acquisition right now at the deadline every year. Same thing. I think uh, Jackie said this on uh, Twitter, so I'll give credit to her, I believe, who said that. It's just the same shit every year. It's tiresome, frustrating. This team was promised uh, to us that they were going to be better. It doesn't seem like they want it. And as Wayne says, Sean Herb, which team wants it more? I say the Twins. Yes, and the Twins prove it every time they come and play the White Sox. Every single time. Well, and I don't think the White Sox damage mistakes, and this is part of the large problem. The White Sox are last in the MLB in walk rate. The White Sox really cannot do damage. They cannot identify pitches, identify mistakes, and take advantage of those mistakes. They are trying to just assume you're going to make a mistake. They're going to assume you're going to leave a fastball over the plate. They're going to assume you're leaving a slider over the plate, and that's what leads to weak contact. And, hey, sometimes it works. You had nine hard hits against Winder uh, today. You had nine balls, 95 miles per hour or, or harder, but none of those have left the yard. And here's... The, the twins coming in here and Michael Kopech probably made the same amount of mistakes as Winder, but Minnesota saw those mistakes cleaner. They saw those balls more. They saw more of Michael Kopech than the White Sox saw of Josh Winder. That's where this boils down to is the White Sox 
really, truly cannot identify which pitches to take deep. It's not the weather anymore. It's not the balls. Both teams are playing with the same weather and same balls. It has to be the discipline. It has to be the pitch recognition. And I have no idea who's helping them. And I think that you need a wake-up call in some way to wake up these players. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit with Vinny um, and the idea that, you know, Frank Minichino is telling them everything that he has been telling them. And it's just to the players to listen and put that into their at-bats. I don't know if they're listening. I don't know if they're truly taking the advice that's around them from the coaching staff. Is the team truly listening to the coaching staff? If they are, maybe that's an issue with the coaching staff. If they're not, that's still an issue with the coaching staff. Is the message getting through? And it really feels like it's not. It's been the consistent performance of this White Sox team throughout 2022. You're going to see undisciplined hitters. You're going to see players not really recognizing pitches. And you're going to see a lack of walks. Two walks tonight for the White Sox. It's just not going to win games, period. And I saw Jesus Shuttlesworth talking about the Twins are a very good team. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're 47 wins in their, what, 47 and 37. And 47 and 37 with the 560 uh, winning percentage would be the, it's the lowest winning percentage of any division leader currently. They just beat the White Sox two games. They're not that good. They're good. They're not great. I mean, not at all. Yeah. I, not at all. Does Josh Winder do anything for you? No. Dylan Bundy is mediocre at best. And, yes, the, the guy who's going to be pitching tomorrow, Joe Ryan, might be good. Young prospect, got him from last year from the race. Fine. But there's the White Sox are better than this. They should be better than this. Let's say that. So just because the Twins are winning now doesn't mean they're very good. They're not very good. That's why I'm mad. Because, no, no, absolutely not. Alex Kirilov. Alex and Kirilov. You telling me that's better? No, it's three home runs this year. Right, and hey, it's trash. Our guy Paul correcting the message is getting through with TA and Vaughn apparently, and you could throw in Pito in that. But this is exactly what we've brought up with uh, with these players. Is Jose Abreu came in as a fantastic. Cuban baseball player. He was already a professional, a made professional. He didn't need the White Sox organization to take him to next levels because he was already a next level baseball player that just wasn't in Major League Baseball. Andrew Vaughn was drafted third, skipped double A, and has just been hitting his whole life. That's what Andrew Vaughn does. I don't really think that there's any changes that Andrew Vaughn has made from a college hitter to the major leagues because of certain White Sox instruction. And finally, the other guy, Tim Anderson, we've talked about him. Yes, he's been in the White Sox organization for as long as he's been a major league baseball player, but we talked about the death of his friend and how that changed his uh, view and, and how it changed his passion and how it changed his outlook on life. And Tim Anderson just said, hey, I'm going to be aggressive as hell at the plate, and that's worked for Tim Anderson. I really don't know what this team does developmentally for their players. And the one player you can look at is Luis Robert, who, hey, to his credit, had one of those walks today and had some of the best at-bats against Josh Winder. But it's about consistency. Can Luis do that from game in and game out? He hasn't been able to prove that. And, and no White Sox edict has been able to show, like, oh, Luis Robert's taking more pitches because of something that they're doing coaching him. It's really just been, if Luis wants to be patient, Luis will be patient. He was patient tonight, and he had good results. Mm -hmm. Can't really say that for the other White Sox hitters. No. I mean, and it's, once one guy's here, the other guys are not there. I mean, Timmy usually hits the ball to right field. Today, he was pull happy. 
just way too pull happy, way too aggressive. We hit into that ground ball, uh, the any inning double play right there, whether White Sox were cooking or about to score some more runs. But yeah, it's very sad to see him go on the Fritz, not do well today. Andrew hit the ball hard mostly all day long. Uh, you get the good day from Luis Robert with the bat. Jose got a hit at the end of the game and a great catch when the game was 8-2. to two. That's the mark of a champion. He doesn't care the game is 8-2 to two in the ninth inning and a meaningless, not a meaningless game, a game that's pretty much over. He's out there hustling, giving it his all, making a great over-the-shoulder catch. But, yeah, we get too, and far, too few and far between. And today, everything didn't work. Kopech was bad. Hitting was bad. Execution was bad. White Sox deserve this loss. They're just they're maybe they're just a bad team. Well, I honestly at this point, I, that that was kind of my whole point with this thing, and I was we were going to do the the off day show on Thursday. But looking at that San Francisco series and looking at that West Coast trip, like you got some good results. You had the eleven run outburst versus the Angels. You saw what happened on Sunday. We had a thirteen run outburst versus the Giants. I really liked the way that they clawed on Friday and Leary Legend uh, gave them the game winning RBA on Friday to give them the one nothing win. They won in many different ways against San Francisco, and that was really good to see. But also San Francisco gave away a decent amount of those games with poor defense. So you know, I really can't look at San Francisco and be like, great job. You beat up on a team that really gave it to you. Um you look at now, July 4th, that started 15 games against the AL Central in 14 days. I said it's throat-snapping time. We've talked about this. The division is in your grasp right now. It still might be in your grasp in August, but right now we can just surmise it by saying no one has hope in you. No one has faith in this team. This team has not given White Sox fans, White Sox media, any glimpse, any true glimpse to say, hey, this team is coming around. This team is in sync. Because you get three good games, good in, in quotations, against the Giants, and then you have this performance against the Twins. This team came into this series knowing that they were 0-3 versus the Twins. The Twins put up two runs in the, line in, in nine, in the first nine innings of, of yesterday's game. They didn't want it. If they wanted it, they would have shown more heart and more hustle. They tied the game up, which was great. But outside of a Jose Abreu home run, that offense looked lifeless. And hey, this offense still looks lifeless in these first two games. The White Sox aren't doing enough to help them out. The Twins saw 87 pitches in less than five innings from Michael Kopech. The White Sox, in five innings from Winder, saw 77. He was an easy, breezy, cool 77 pitches. Michael Kopech, who has better stuff, wasn't able to do that because, again, they're a better coach team. And, and that's what you saw today. You don't need elite stuff to beat the White Sox. The White Sox are no better than the Detroit Tigers and Kansas City Royals at this point. I, I said that with Josh Winder. You know, we saw this with Davis Martin. When Davis Martin is going up against bad teams, he can have good success because he can locate. Josh Winder today had good success because he can locate. It's, it's just pathetic at this point. And the White Sox, if they're not going to change this and turn it around, I'm not going to try to tell you to have faith, you know, in this team. They have the worst or, or easiest schedule from here to the end of the year. That's absolutely true. But that's because they have to play Cleveland and they have to play Minnesota and they have to play Kansas City and they have to play Detroit. Well, Minnesota and Cleveland also get to play those teams. I, I, I don't – there's nothing from these past two games that I can actually give you as hope. And Detroit's coming in hot. Yeah, they scored Riley like Green just turned that team around. They're 9-7 yeah. since Riley Green's got called up. I think they scored 11 runs today. So, yeah. It's not a gimme this weekend, even though the White Sox have pounded on the Tigers this year. When when do you actually? I know baseball is not the sport where you you grind a little harder and you had the sun sawdust out of the bat 
and you're like, oh, I'm going to hit better. This is the Minnesota Twins. I mean, when does that happen? I don't know. But they get up for big pitchers. You could tell that. Like, when Verlander was on the bump, they got up. Same thing with Robbie Ray. Same thing with Gausman. They got up. Martin Perez. This is a big series. Get up for it. They yeah. seem lifeless. Like, get hyped. I mean, the only really two plays that I could say is them getting up for it. Or, or, or TA, there was a couple play, close plays with TA at first base. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's it was it was a tough watch. Today. And you see all like they're hitting the ball like crack. That's in the air, and we're like, is that gonna be caught? No, it's a home run. Like <laughs> there was never a chance tonight where you're like, oh, is the White Sox going leave going leave here? No, all the I think all the hits pretty much stayed on this side of the warning track. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a lifeless team, not attacking a guy who is just a mediocre pitcher. If you're a championship-caliber team or supposed to be, you're supposed to crush a Josh Winder. You're supposed to, and the White Sox haven't. And, hey, we got a special guest that's going to be joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field. But first off, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from CHGO Locker. We have three new shirts in the CHGO Locker, and there's a new Vinny Duber article, so this is a fantastic time to take advantage of this promo code. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. PointsBet's your home for live and play betting and it just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching and your favorite team is primed for a comeback, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. There's more live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs with the PointsBet app. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game by downloading the PointsBet app and using promo code CHGO when you sign up. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next partner is, you know, I mean, I, gotta, I can just tell you the quarterback of the Bears drinks this, all right? I was moving my stuff and I needed the power of Justin Fields and I reached into my fridge and the only cold drink I had was Owen. It's only what you need and it's a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. All their products are free of artificial ingredients, allergen-friendly, no gluten or dairy, and easily digestible. I had the pro Owen shakes that have come in vanilla and chocolate and those have more protein and I felt just really invigorated to move all the stuff out of my apartment. And it really gave me that energy that I needed. It's nice after a workout. It's nice whether you're in the gym or moving boxes in and out of your house. I first heard about it from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. And now Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com with code CHGO20. Join me and Justin Fields and try Owen. Only what you need, L-I-V-E. O-W-Y-N.com. Let's go out to Guaranteed Rate Field. And first off, before we get to the game, before we get to Vinny being the next Tom Skilling and knowing if they were going to continue this game after the uh, rain delay, we have to congratulate you on it being Grateful Dead Night. Hey, I <laughs> <laughs> hope you enjoyed Grateful Dead Night, Vinny. Thank you, guys. Yes, it was Grateful Dead Night. It was, uh, it was not really advertised, to be honest. It kind of took me by surprise when I found out uh, a few days ago that it was Grateful Dead Night coming up. But uh, we got to hear dead tunes all night long, so uh, that was good. Had I remembered that when I left the house earlier today, I would be wearing a different T-shirt. But, uh, you know, some, a nice soundtrack to what was uh, probably a terrible night for most Southsiders having to uh, sit through that one. Yeah, I guess you had a lot on your mind this weekend outside of the promotional nights for the White Sox, huh? 
Yeah, I mean, right, exactly. I, w- I was more so planning for Elvis night later in the later in the summer. So yeah. How how was the festivities this weekend? And and you know, how are you feeling as a married man now? Congratulations from the CHGO White Sox family. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a, a fantastic uh, day and night. Uh, you know, just a great time, as you uh, can imagine. The the tunes were phenomenal. The dancing was uh, ample. Uh, I think I sweat through my shirt, uh, you know, by the third song, and it, it, it only got more uh, more watery from there. But uh, uh, about three and a half hours of uh, nonstop musical fun there to go along with all the uh, the life altering moments uh, of the day as well. I love seeing the Hawaiian shirt too. So uh, you look good with the the new haircut. You look all prim and proper, and uh, you were you were really being your uh, true self uh, that day wearing the uh, Hawaiian shirt. So it was ha- happy to see you. So happy and uh, excited for you guys. Uh, best uh, you know in your future. Uh, but we'll you know we'll be talking to you uh, probably tomorrow. So you know uh, <laughs> exactly. This is this is not goodbye. This is hello, isn't it? Exactly. But uh, congratulations yeah. to you too, you crazy kids. Thank you, and, guys. Uh, uh, you know, best of luck to you guys uh, in your life. Uh, but let's talk about the White Sox. Uh, eight to two loss today. Uh, let's start off with Aloy Jimenez because he was seen in the clubhouse, and uh, we now hear that it might be tomorrow. It might be Thursday for an Aloy return, right? Yeah, next couple of days. Uh, Tony was asked again tonight because he, you know, they had to put him through the workout and, and you know get the get the White Sox training staff's eyes on him uh, up here uh, on the south side uh, before you know figuring out exactly when when to bring him back. But uh, sounds like it'll be tomorrow, and if it's not tomorrow, it'll be the day after that. So um, get ready for more alloy, which is uh, only a good thing because as you saw tonight, uh, the White Sox uh, continue to have trouble scoring runs, continue to have trouble hitting balls over the fence. Um, a lot of hits tonight. Uh, you know the the twins. The twins uh, only won the hit the hit battle there, twelve, 12 to ten. Uh, but with all the hits that they had that uh, left the yard, it was a uh, much more lopsided situation uh, in the run department. Uh, the White Sox are in the bottom ten in the league in runs. They're in the bottom four in the league in home runs. Uh, really, the same old story uh, through the first th- what is now three plus months of this season for this White Sox team. The offense is nowhere to be found seen this from Michael Kopech where he struggles in the first inning, eventually finds his form, and then pitches well. Today was the first inning again, struggled, but got through with no runs. But then four home runs later, Michael Kopech's leaving the game early. What do you have to say about his outing tonight? Uh, he said it was bad. You know, I mean, he said it, it has to be better. It can't be the uh, like this, obviously. I think everybody would agree with him. Uh, you know, the, Tony LaRusso was very you know, basically didn't have anything to say about Michael Kopech's night, uh, said that Ethan Katz identified some issues in the dugout and that he didn't really want to get into it. So maybe that's the issues that Michael Kopech had tonight were something that opposing teams maybe could latch on to. Maybe that's what the Twins did tonight. But uh, certainly, uh, Michael Kopech's sake, he just said he didn't execute. He didn't throw – he threw too many bad pitches. Um, and, you know – Listen, I know I started off talking about the offense, the fact that they only scored two runs and didn't hit any homers. Uh, you know, that's made glaringly obvious the, the White Sox deficiencies in that department when the Twins come in here and hit five of them in one night. Uh, the White Sox only have four in their last 14 games, for crying out loud. But um, really, you know how we always say when a pitcher does an okay job, but, you know, they still lose. It's like, well, what are you going to do when the team only get you know scores one or two runs for you? Tonight, it's kind of the opposite, right? Sure, you can harp on the White Sox bats all you want, and and deservingly so for some of their problems. But when their pitcher, starting pitcher, gives up four home runs, you're not going to win, right? You're just not going to do it. So, uh, you know, the um, problems that the White Sox have had 
hard to mask when things are going wrong in, in basically every department. For the most part, the starting pitching has been fine this year. Tonight, it very much was not. And uh, even a game where the White Sox, uh, you know, would have shown some some muscle with the bats, probably not going to win that game given how the pitching was tonight. Right. Yeah. I mean, my big complaint about yesterday was exactly what you were saying. You know, you get good six innings from Johnny Cueto and the bats do nothing uh, for the first nine innings. And, and today, you know, really wasn't that uh, just rough start from Kopech missing a, a couple spots. And hey, uh, you mentioned all the stuff that they're bad at. Uh, they're now uh, bottom completely, you know, 30th in the league in walks. Detroit had five tonight. The White Sox had two. Uh, so now the White Sox are dead last in walks. Um, any thoughts from the clubhouse on, you know, plate discipline or, or, or drawing more walks. Um, I know this has been something we've been talking about for three and a half months now, but again, another night with two walks and it's against a guy that, you know, really didn't even know he was starting until Chris Archer was scratched uh, earlier this afternoon. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I hate to sound like a broken record because I want all my records to work obviously, but um, I think the, uh, I think the, the thing here is, is what we've been saying. I think a lot of people are looking um, at, at a night when, the offense doesn't have a lot of success. And I mean, guys, they had 10 hits. We shouldn't be, you know, uh, crushing them necessarily like they have deserved it on so many nights uh, already this season. But I guess the point being that, you know, just because they score two runs is not a sign that they, their approach was bad. Sometimes it's that they can't figure out the opposing pitcher. Yeah. Maybe they, certainly should with the lineup that they have, but sometimes they just don't. And that's the uh, situation there. I, I think it was Tony La Russa talking today about general team. You know, we always kind of have that uh, discussion of, you know, and Herb, I, so I heard you talking about it when, when I, when I joined on here, you know, calling them lifeless and stuff like that. Lifeless from a results standpoint, certainly. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're that, you know, what's going on between their ears is wrong or what's going on, you know, uh, uh, anywhere else intangibly is off. Uh, and, and Tony LaRusso spoke to that and said, sometimes when you see a team go up there and do like what they did tonight, um, the fans can look at it and say, oh, they don't care. You know, they're at it. Their heart's not in it or something like that. And sometimes it's just that the pitcher's good and they, they can't hit the pitcher because the pitcher's doing well against them. And sometimes he said, that is the case, and they're not having good at bats, and they need to be they need to be talked to. But it's not so black and white as just what the results say means what was going on. So, um, but you're right, the results were really bad, uh, you know, and have been really bad throughout the majority of the season for them offensively. Um, is it that the whole team needs to, somebody to come and scream in their ear that they need to start taking pitches? Maybe. Or maybe they're just not hitting right now, and, and that's, that's you know, um, amplifying the fact that they don't take walks. Maybe they were going to be a team that didn't draw a lot of walks to begin with, but they were supposed to hit a lot of home runs, and they were supposed to get a lot of hits and score a lot of runs, and so that would have been, uh, you know, covered up. It's hard to say because everything has been so poor for the most part, with the exception of a few players. Um, certainly not having Yasmani Grandal for so long, not having Yoan Moncada for so long. These are two guys um, that the brunt of the walking falls on for this lineup, and uh, they've missed an awful lot of games. Jose Abreu's walks are way up this year, right? I mean, it's it's, but it's still nowhere near enough because he's probably the only guy doing it. Right, yeah, it's it's shocking just to see them go from fourth last year in walks to now, you know, dead last. Uh, also, 41st loss, so they're halfway to a losing season uh, this year. Uh, I, I do think, too, uh, I love the, the, the episode you guys did on Thursday. Uh, you were there, and then Adam Hoag filled in for me, and then we had special guest Zach Hayes on uh, while Herb was flying out to San Francisco. You guys had a little bit of a discussion about 
this team having fun and, and how that might be missing. I guess that's what fans are seeing, and that's why they say this team is lifeless, especially compared to last year. And you guys kept saying, hey, winning is fun. Fun is winning, the old Ozzie Guillen quote. Um, and you try to figure out where that fun's going to come from, but, like, I'm just, like, is there a is – there, is there an intensity there to find that, or is it just kind of, hey, when it happens, it happens? Um, how, how, how would you describe that in, in, in the clubhouse? Well, I'll say this. There's no doubt that, and Yasmani Grandal said it today. You know, he said, we've got to get back to being us. You know what I mean? Josh Harrison has told me before, it's, it's not that the team is not having fun, but they, boy, they need to have more of it. You know what I mean? It's like the idea is not that this team is vastly different in terms of the clubhouse culture. I think it's looked very much the same for the most part. Aloy Jimenez showed up today and it was, you know, joke city in that corner of the clubhouse with him and Luis Robert and Jose Abreu. Um, it, it, it is not that these personalities do not mesh. It is not that these guys um, are somehow being held back. They are the same players that they've always been, but they're not winning. And when you struggle at your job, when you struggle at the thing that you come to do every day, when you're not getting the results that you're looking for, that's understandably frustrating. And even if they're not frustrated when they show up, they're frustrated when they leave at the end of the day. They're bummed. You know what I mean? Um, it is not that, it is very much chicken or the egg, I think, really, because I, I I think that this team has plenty of fun, but then when they lose, the fun gets sucked out, right? I mean, like, that that's just what happens. And the next day, they're fine, but then the results happen because there's been too much losing this year for them. If they, were, if they start winning, if they go on an eight-game winning streak all of a sudden, you're going to see that team. I have There's no doubt in my mind that you're going to see that team. Um, it's just that there has been no consistency in winning this year with that very exception of that very short six-game winning streak they had there uh, earlier in the year. But there just hasn't been enough winning, and I think a lot of people that make the same complaint that, uh, you know, they're not seeing the fun. I think you'd get a lot of people complaining that if they were seeing it and they were losing, like, how can you be taken losing this this way or something like that? Um, that's just a guess. I'm sure it doesn't apply to a majority of people, but there are some who out there who probably would make such a comment. Um, I think that it's very understandable why fans would jump to that conclusion. I don't think it is the truth, but at the same time, it's that to a degree, right? Like, it's... it. They 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 do not have a fun problem. They'd like to have more fun. They'd like to have more wins. Right. And I think to your point right there, the White Sox currently are the only team in the major leagues who have a losing record at home and a winning record on the road. So whatever they're doing on the road, I mean, the results are good. I don't know if it's necessarily conducive to victories. I know they probably haven't spoke about why they struggle at home, but is there anybody talking about, like, the atmosphere at home, like why it's different at home versus road. Uh, I mean, I know, you know, in, in recent homestands, you know, not today, but I know in recent homestands, Tony's been asked about it and some guys have been asked about it. And it basically comes down to it's just a baseball-y fluke kind of thing. You know what I mean? I think, uh, I, I think they all are very complimentary of the atmosphere that they have at, at, at home, you know, the games, the fans that, that show up, they are all always complimentary of the, of the energy that the fans bring to the game. And, and uh, it, it's not that they, um, I think, are running into a roadblock because they are at home. I think it is a fluke of the schedule. 
um, or, you know, a fluke of the way they're playing this year. But that's the that's the point, right? I mean, they're, they've played poorly this season. So they're, they're not doing what they should do in so many facets. And because of that, it's leading to them not doing what they should do, winning games and winning games at home. You mentioned our guy Yasmani Grandal. I, ha- I heard uh, that he was taking BP and running the bases out in San Francisco. Uh, talk to you today. Um, any updates on Yaz and where he might be uh, in his rehab? Yeah, assignment. he's going to Birm. Yeah, he's going to Birmingham tomorrow to start a rehab assignment. Um, that will be strictly as a DH through the weekend, and then he will move to Charlotte, where the team's catching coordinator is, and he will work with uh, with that staff down there uh, to start catching and start being able to 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 take care of things there. Uh, the goal uh, is that he is back for the start of the second half, um, and so um, that gives him plenty of time to work back. Apparently, things have been going a little better lately for him from a physical standpoint. Sounded like a kind of a scary injury, guys. Uh, pinched nerve in the back that kind of got rid of feeling in his left leg. Um, and uh, he said that he, the doctors asked him if he could use his muscles in his left leg. And he was surprised by the question, but apparently this injury sometimes, or this kind of pinched nerve or whatever comes with that. You're, you're, you're not being able to use your left leg. Um, that sounded kind of shocking to me from a, just a person who likes to use his left leg. Um, but you know, the, uh, <laughs> Specifically, your left uh, right specifically yeah the right one who cares but uh no the i think the idea is that this could have been worse uh, and this could have been a lot scarier something that might have required another surgery he even said so um the fact that he's able to come back as quickly as he has i think he's looking as a positive uh there's no doubt that he's itching to get back um he said he would have liked to be back a lot sooner um than the start of the second half but uh tony larusa said that's not something that the white Sox want to fast play um you know, and rush along too much. They need him. There's no doubt about it. I mean, listen, you mentioned the stats earlier, right? Where they rank in walks, where they rank in home runs. This is a guy who walks and hit home runs when he's when he's hitting well. It hasn't. It wasn't working for him earlier in the season, uh, but right now um, he's feeling better and he, he's going to give it a try. You guys remember how good he was for them when he came back from that injury last year. Um, you know, it'd be nice to 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 see something like that if you're the White Sox because they need a a, a charge through this lineup. Perhaps Aloy Jimenez, perhaps Yasmani Grandal can provide that here in the coming weeks. And with Aloy coming back either tomorrow or Thursday, somebody has to be sent down. We're just uh, wondering ourselves, it's probably since he doesn't play that much and he uh, pretty much had passed over by Johan Mancata, it's going to be Jake Berger. Any word or any thoughts you have, who's going to have to be sent down tomorrow when Aloy does return or Thursday? Yeah, it would, it would kind of seem that way, right? And I think we've seen from the, the playing time over the last week or so that that, that might be the case. Uh Tony Russo was asked about Jake Berger's playing time pregame and, and, you know, basically said he felt bad about it, you know, that, he, that you know, that he, he kind of became the odd man out, not necessarily because of anything he's done from a production standpoint, but because, like you said, they want to get Yohan Moncada, uh, the, the reps at third base. They want to make sure that he's the, he's getting as many as bats at bats as he can to kind of turn things around. Had the RBI double tonight, uh, did Moncada. Um, they're not going to win the World Series or, or make the playoffs or, or win the division or any of that without Yohan Moncada doing well. So they need to get him right. Jake Berger been, has been good in, in limited action, no doubt about it. But, um, you know, Tony Larusa said that 
he's not playing very often and that's not what you want to do. So, uh, you know, perhaps regular, regular playing time down at Charlotte for Jake Berger at this juncture is, is better than, uh, than, than having him kind of sit here on the bench and, and get sporadic playing time in the majors. The only other question I think I have for you is going to be about Aaron Bummer. Any update on him? Just because the White Sox only have Tanner Banks as their only lefty in the bullpen right now, and Aaron Bank, Aaron, uh, Aaron Banks, uh, Aaron Bummer just hasn't been seen in a while. I think the last update was in June uh, on, on Bummer. So, uh, any idea where Bummer's at in his process of returning? Nothing since that last update. I would ima- I would imagine it will uh, become more of a focus once they get the bigger name guys back, right? I mean, once we're once we're not asking, you know, every so often about Aloy's status or about Grandal's status, uh, maybe Bummer becomes uh, a more a more a bigger focal point. We'll put it that way in terms of injury updates. There's been so many of them this year, injury updates that uh, you know they've been focusing on the guys who can come in and, and try to solve some of the problems they got. Undoubtedly, the bullpen and certainly in the late innings uh, after last. Last night has been has been a focus as well. So Bummer is definitely going to be needed uh, by the White Sox here coming up. Uh, but yeah, that last update is probably the the most recent one that there's been, unless there was something uh, during the road trip, um, and that was basically that it's going to be out a little while longer. That uh, that there's really no date coming uh, uh, in terms of his return. All right, we got Tariq Skubal on the mound on Friday, and I'm excited <laughs> that this is the only Friday game uh, that we were probably but doing. This, Vinny this won't month. be there. All right. I'm sad. So Tariq, we'll we'll we'll, we'll say it enough for you. Yeah, Vinny. you'll be in I our was, hearts. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say we can say it as many times as we want. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, we'll we'll talk to you later, and uh, well, hopefully tomorrow's game isn't delayed or postponed at all, and we have a a nice, easy, clean nine innings tomorrow. Win. What? I'm and, asking for the win and a win. Oh, oh yeah, that was a the other question win too. This team's now zero and five against the team that's Ugh, first Jesus. place in in the AL Central. Uh, did they comment on like? kind of the intensity or or needing some intensity because I know Rick Hahn kind of brushed it off uh before when being asked about uh teams above 500 and it's just kind of like eh, you know it's 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 a sample size it, you know teams are so different each and every time uh you play them whether it be in in May or April or June this is an AL Central opponent and now you're 0 and 5 and this is the team you're looking up at catching the AL Central have they talked about maybe the frustration of not being able to beat this team yet there is no frustration uh, from them other than they would prefer to win, obviously. But um, certainly the guys have been asked about it. And I think you saw the quotes yesterday uh, from guys like Liam Hendricks and others calling this a, a very crucial stretch. Crunch time, you know, this 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 whole uh, string of 19 games against division opponents, many of those against teams that are ahead of them in the standings. Uh, I don't think that, uh, you know, Josh Harrison was asked about it after the game and said, you know, we, the whole – the cliche, we don't care about who's on the other side of the, the field. We've got to play, you know, every single day, take it one day at a time kind of thing. It's cliche. It's also true. They do need to beat everybody. They can't just, you know, pick and choose who they're going to get up for. They need to play every single opponent like they need to win because guess what? They do. Um, I think what it speaks to, though, you know, whether whether the Twins are going to be a different team way back when they played them, you know, that weekend Aloy went down, or whether they play them now, or whether they play them in September, which they do all of those things, uh, you know, the the Twins are winning. That's that's the bottom line here. I mean, it, it sounds so, you know, I think I wrote it in, in, in my story today, you know, yeah, this, all of this sounds very no shit Sherlock, right? But <laughs> at the same time, this is it. You got to win games if you're going to win the division. You got to win games if you're going to make the playoffs. The surefire way for the Twins to hold off the White Sox in 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 the AL Central race over the next three months: beat the White Sox, 
the surefire way for the White Sox to try to catch the Twins in the AL Central race over the next three months? Beat the Twins. One of those teams is getting that done. The other team hasn't so far. It has a chance to change around tomorrow, but so far it's been Minnesota all the way, uh, showing that they're the dominant force uh, in this little rivalry right now. One of the guys you just mentioned right there, 1,000 hits for Josh Harrison and got to pitch a scoreless frame. How would, what do you talk about after the game? Did he celebrate? Because 1,000 hits is not like 3,000, but it's a nice mark, a nice 2, milestone for himself to hit 1,000 hits in the show. Yeah, he was he was grateful. He was happy. You know, what I mean, obviously, it, it's 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 about longevity and it's about uh, showing that you can do your job over the long long period of time. And that's the kind of thing he was happy about. Not surprising hearing him talk, you know, about you know, uh, just kind of showing up and doing your work every day. You know, it's not surprising to hear him kind of uh, react this way to it. Um, Tony Larusa had a funny line that he's uh, probably the only guy who's ever closed out the ninth inning with the uh, with a thousand hits. You know, I'm sure they would rather not have had him pitch tonight, but uh, so, so it was, um, you know, good for Josh Harrison. Very, uh, very, I think everybody was very happy for him, really. Every teammate that walked by him was congratulating him uh, uh, there in the clubhouse. So uh, one of the bright spots this evening was him being able to uh, reach that milestone. And he got a nice ovation from the fans when he did so as well, which is nice to see uh, considering we're about uh, um, only a month removed from everybody wanting him DFA'd. And here he is since Memorial Day hitting well over 300. So uh, uh, a nice little story here uh, is Josh Harrison. Um, But certainly uh, he would prefer probably for the White Sox to uh, start getting back on track uh, rather than, uh, you know, having the one good thing that he talks about all year being a personal milestone. Absolutely. And hey, Steve Stone keeps mentioning it. Uh, the White Sox have the best ninth hitting spot uh, in the majors. And Josh Harrison has been contributing to that since uh, June. It's three, been, uh, three hits for nine hitter Reese McGuire tonight. How about that? <laughs> right. He smoked a couple of them, too. There is something about that nine spot. There, there's something about the bottom of the lineup uh, that usually works. And the top of the lineup uh, usually has some struggles. But that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field. Check out his new article, the latest article at allchgo.com. After White Sox, latest base running blunder is full help enough to spark the turnaround. Well, Aloy Jimenez is coming. Uh, Yasmani Grandal is on his way. We will see if the White Sox can turn it around and get their first win against the Minnesota Twins tomorrow. Vinny, we appreciate your time. And again, congratulations on the weekend. Thanks, guys, so much. Appreciate it. You guys have a good one. See you, Uncle Sam. You can follow Vinny Duber on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's the Grateful Dead thing. Oh, That's the okay. Grateful Dead I, guy that they were giving away the bobblehead, and Vinny was all, That's you know, up there for it, me. Oh, yeah. I, I, he, Vinny knew it. Went to, went to Hate Ashbury, and I saw a bunch of shirts like that. Oh, yeah. shirts, yeah. Hey, I saw this They're shirt. like $80, though. Oh, yeah, but I got this one for 24 okay. uh, Yeah, you can get these uh, replicas. So, you know, the, the real ones, you know, the, the ones with some age on them, uh, they'll, they'll go for a pretty penny. But, uh, yeah, the, the replica ones, you know, those are those are 25 hot off the presses. Yeah, I was going to bring some back to you guys. And I was like, $80. Oof. I'm like, y'all that much. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, that would <laughs> I be spend uh, $80 on myself. That'd be a competitive edge to my wardrobe, you know, and uh, Strava is a game changer and uh, gives you a competitive edge. It is fantastic and has helped thousands of people to help improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic, broad-spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you. It can help you feel alert and focused without the jitters. It can help you live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy a more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. The best part, Strava, is all about quality. Everything is small bit batch. 
fresh, fresh and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effects of benefits. I love Strava CBD coffee. I take the uncaffeinated uh, Strava CBD coffee with the max CBD strength, and it helps me with my restless leg syndromes as I, as I try to go to bed at night. My legs really calm down. My body calms down. They know it's time to go to bed, and I think you... CHGO listener should take advantage of this offer. You could save 25% off your entire purchase when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com. When you use code CHGO25 at checkout, discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only, one use per customer. Again, CHGO25, that's 25% off your entire order at Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A, CraftCoffee.com. Com. I really enjoy the stuff. It is fantastic. It's a game changer in my life. And I would definitely urge you if you're having some sleep troubles, if you're having some anxiety troubles, maybe swap off your, your regular coffee for, for some CBD coffee. It's helped me. So I uh, just want to give a shout out to and No, Shrabble. Dave Barista. I did not have any of the glitter LSD. Oh, yeah. Why no. did you, what? No one offered it to you? or No, no one offered me. It's oh. ridiculous, guys. Come on. Right. Well, I can't. Give me some glitter LSD next time. But I went to the... Uh, <laughs> The dispensary there, right downtown San Francisco, they have a bunch of them, and got some uh, deliciousness for like a quarter of the price that they have it here in Illinois. There you go. It's like, that's another reason why California is the best state in our union, friends. Our guy Dave, our Dan Payton already knows about it. Some of you guys have visited the great state of California. Enjoy yourself. It's, it's, it's the good times out there. It's the best state the uh, state in the union if you want to pay $5,000 a month in rent. Yes. Um, if, if you want to be broke uh, when you're dead, go live in California. I mean, your money goes somewhere. Does it? It does. All the beauty out there, man, yeah. I would, as I did, I lived out there for a year. I didn't feel, like, broke, but I felt, you know, it was a little struggling <laughs> going on out there from uh, Chicago, but I would do it again. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's just so beautiful out there. It's it, more of San Diego than San, San Francisco. San Francisco's dumb, expensive. San Diego's expensive, but not dumb. Like All right, that. maybe maybe I'll try San Diego. Oh, I, I heard better. San Francisco's a nightmare, though. Yes. Um, Herb, you want some good news? Yes. I don't know if this is actually good news, but this is from a Chi Town fanboy, and I've been waiting for the day, but it's finally happened. The Tigers are twelve game twelve games back of the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. The White Sox are six and a half games back of the Minnesota Twins. This is the first time and I think a long time, that the White Sox are now closer to the Tigers in the standings than they are the Twins. Herb Lawrence, your comments. Piss poor. That is really bad. The White Sox are underperforming. They are failing this year. And we just talked about Josh Harrison. I expect, if this continues, for him to be on another team. Not because of him. Just because he could be used somewhere else. And you can acquire some more talent because apparently that's what the White Sox need after a fucking five-year rebuild, five-plus-year rebuild. We need more talent? What the hell? Like, I thought we were here, but this is just trash. Now, this team is is trash. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they need to do. And I was talking to you and Vinny during that segment. They have a better record on the road than they do at home. I don't know. Maybe they need to start doing the things they do on the road like they at home. Wear road grays. I don't care. <laughs> Sleep in hotels that, yeah. that night before. Get bust in. Whatever needs to be done because you're playing poorly in front of your home fans way too often. You're, you hit much better on the road. You're a better team on the road. That doesn't make sense. Like I said, they are the only team with a losing record at home and a winning record on, on the road. There's something. 
it's hap- something's happening there where they come home and they feel a certain way and they don't play the way they play on the road. Maybe it's the chemistry they get on playing on the road. They're, they know that they're the only people out there they can depend on. They probably go out with each other on the road, chill, have a good time. We saw a picture of Dylan Cease and um, – damn. How yeah. Starting the pitching coach. Cats. Ethan Cats. They were at Fishman's Wharf on their day off on Thursday, chilling, enjoying time with each other. Maybe they need to start doing some of those things at home. Because that's the only thing I can come up with. Because mm-hmm. they're 28, 22 and 18 at, on the road and 16 and 23, I think, at home. Yeah. That shouldn't happen. No, and I mean, too, I mean, I, I feel like we need to get Jay... Mario, Greg, one of the CHGO Blackhawk Black guys in here, because your guy K-Feds, or, or not K-Feds, it was uh, K-Feds responding to his guy Zoe. Okay. Uh, but Zoe mentioned that the Blackhawks had these these issues, and they actually did stay in hotels um, and kind of fix their issues. So maybe that's it. I, I think it's just weird, qu- quirky baseball stuff, and I, I don't know. I mean, maybe if you sign Sh- Kyle Schwarber, you'd be in a better spot. I mean, he's I, got 25 home runs. He's got 25 year. home runs. That's 15 more. I mean, his difference, 15 home runs between the White Sox leader and his, is literally five more home runs than the White Sox leader. Jose Abreu has 10. Kyle Schwarber has 25. I'm the, I'm the math guy here on the CHGO White Sox podcast. 25 minus 10, that's 15. That's more than Jose Abreu has. I, I, I mean, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. He's better defensively than Gavin Sheets in right field. He's better than Andrew Vaughn out in left field. He's better than A.J. Pollock just in general. I, I, this is, again another spot where it's not just the players because the players are the one having bad at-bats each yep. and every night. It's not on Tony, who's had his bad moments. Yes. It's not on Joe McEwing. It's not just on Daryl Boston, who've had that, had their bad moments. It's on Rickon as well, who's had his bad moments. I mean, you look at the bullpen, and you see that 0-0 game, and you see Tanner Banks being used in the eighth inning. You see th- four guys on the 40-man roster just sucking up space when Zach Muckenhern down in Charlotte could be on the 40-man roster because he's a better player than the other four guys that are currently on Charlotte in the in the the uh, the 40 man roster I, this team is a mess this team needs to start winning to cover up all the ugliness around them and right now you have five wins separating you and the Detroit Tigers from one another and it's just pathetic to watch and you brought up the twins being the worst division leader and it's basically true I mean the only teams that are in that same ballpark are the Brewers who are 47 and 36 leading the central and the Cardinals who are 44 and 39 in second place. Um, you know, the twins have the lowest, uh, second lowest run differential of any leader at plus uh, 53. The Brewers are at plus uh, 35, but even the second place Cardinals plus 56. So, I mean, this is the worst division in baseball and the White Sox are failing in it and they're, they've been overrated. I mean, it's just, this team has enough talent and they're being beat by, Josh Winder, Jarrell Cotton, Dylan Bundy, like Brady Singer, Daniel Lynch, run out all the bums that have beaten the Chicago White Sox. Because if you have a slider and you can control your fastball, you will beat the Chicago White Sox. And now you're in a spot where you're 0-2 in this series at home against the leading Minnesota Twins, a team that you're 0-5 against this entire year, and now they have their ace coming to the bump. How much confidence does this team have? They just whooped your ass. You gave them one game on, on Monday. They sh- that game shouldn't have been close. Here we are on Wednesday looking down the barrel of starting 0-6 uh, versus the Twins, and it's it's sad. It's pathetic. That's all that we've seen. And losing that game, you'll be seven and a half games out. I'm sure the Tigers are going to do some damage, and then they're coming in this weekend, mm-hmm. Thursday, through, Thursday through Sunday, the Tigers, team that we've dominated, hot as shit. 
playing better since they got the rookie of the year prospect back, Riley Green, who's doing the job. And they arguably <laughs> can, have their, can we get beat, can we beat them? And they arguably have their best pitching coming yeah. up this weekend. Yeah, can we beat them? Like, it's just so frustrating that they haven't taken the necessary steps to. You know, solidify the team that was last year, 2021 team, where we were in the playoffs and we had glaring issues. And Rick Hahn did not fix any of those things. And now we're still here looking at other players and saying, man, that would be nice to have Kyle Schwarber at a nice, decent price to play for the White Sox. We've had multiple times try to get Kyle Schwarber. We could have had Kyle Schwarber. It was only $8 million. The Cubs let him go mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Could have had him then. Could have had Jock well, Peterson another time. He needed to go to he needed to go to Washington first to get fixed by Kevin Long, and then the White Sox should have signed him because then they wouldn't actually have to coach him. You know, they, yeah. he would have just been a finished product. Yeah. So like these problems persist because the top down, like the owner is whatever he is, he's himself. He hired the the manager, so he fucked up there. But the general manager has to okay, you fucked me there, but let let me go to work. Let me do some things. Let me. Oh, you're giving me this much money? Cool. Let me not spend it mostly on the bullpen. Let me find a bat. A guy who can hit the ball over the ball over the fence, maybe, from the left side, not depend on Gavin Sheets. Maybe? Just maybe? Maybe. Cool. Yeah, and it's not like Kyle Schwarber walks or anything. That guy oh, would have no, been horrible no. uh, to and add And I'm to sure the somebody's like, he's in 216! Shut up. So does Byron Buxton. Please shut up. Byron Buxton hits 226. Exactly. He's the best player on the field. Yeah, the average... Don't ever come to me with average. It, it doesn't matter if he's slugging six hundred. Like that, the other stats matter. Uh, yeah, it's it's brutal. And and eight two to loss tonight. Uh, we really didn't talk too much about the game and what happened just because they got their butts whooped. Uh, let's look at the starting pitching lines. Michael Kopech, yeah. eh, four and two thirds today, Oof. six earned runs, eight hits allowed, four walks, five That's Ks. Uh, Josh Winder, five innings pitched, two earned runs, seven Oof. hits. Two walks, three Ks. Um, exactly. I mean, Josh Winder just going out there, bum, throwing out bum stuff, and Michael Kopech, he get got lit up. And and part of this too, we'll go to the pitches that Kopech uh, got taken deep on. Part of it was just location. You could see two sliders hung. They were basically in the middle of the zone. They weren't low enough. They were basically at the belt for major league hitters. Those balls got destroyed. And the other two, uh, fastballs up in the zone. But the issue is they weren't up enough. They weren't in enough. And the velocity wasn't there again for Michael Kopech. Uh, since coming off the injury against Texas, um, four starts for, for Michael Kopech. And he has not had a single game in that outing uh, or in those outings where his fastball has been at the yearly average for the miles per hour. So I don't know if that's him now eclipsing the innings pitch that he had last year or if that has to deal with with the injury or that, that he suffered against uh, Texas, but he has not been the same pitcher since that injury, and that has shown. And I don't know if I'm concerned about Kopech. I still think that he can have a good outing. I still think that he can be good. You still saw some bad swings, the, even on the fastball. They put nine fastballs in play. The average exit velocity on those was 92 miles per hour, so it wasn't like he was getting turned around a ton. He still looked effective, but he needs that slider. He needs that curveball. He threw out a changeup at one point to arise as well. He needs to find more consistency um, in those secondary pitches, and, and he just been, hasn't been able to yet. I know they're not going to do it because it's so quick of a turnaround. He's going to be pitching on Sunday. But I would say skip a turn. Skip a start for him. Hey, call up Davis Martin. 
get somebody else up here. It's the Tigers. You, maybe he just needs, hey, I'll skip the start on Sunday. I'll skip the start right before the All-Star game and have that whole All-Star break right. just to get better. Just to regain some of the f- f- velocity on his fastball, gain some of the, the arc back on a slider, and get the confidence back because he's getting hit hard. He was walking the yard today. Also, or in the first inning, walked three guys, luckily got out of it himself. But 28 pitches. We usually see this from Michael Kopech early in the game where he struggles, and then he writes himself, and he's like, okay, I got it now. I got my release point on the curve. I got the release point on the slider. The fastball's going uh, as such. We're, I'm hitting 98. But maybe he needs just some time off, some time to chill out, get his arm react, reactivated to where it needs to be. Because, remember, this year we were like, how many pitches, how many Indies going to throw? 150, right. 125? We don't know. This is the first full year of being a starting pitcher for any team. And so they need to take it start by start, especially since you said the knee problem, we don't know how it's affecting him, but it's affecting him somehow because yeah. he's getting hit hard and he's not as pinpoint as it used to be. Well, and one thing too, uh, Jesus said this, just a, a scroll up there. Uh, Kopech's problem was not throwing enough strikes. This has been a problem for the Sox starters recently. He had a 71% strike percentage today. So, I mean, that was his issue in the start of the game. I think he had 28 pitches, 13 of them were for strikes. Uh, That's not a good ratio, but he ended up fixing it. Let's go to his pitch mix here. Uh, Called strikes plus uh, whiff percentage for Kopech tonight, 34%, which is above the major league average of 27%. So that's good. The fastball was good. I think it would have been great, and you would have seen more whiffs, four whiffs on 21 swings. That's 19%. Um, You would have seen more whiffs if the fastball was just faster and and it just wasn't today didn't have that extra life but it did have a lot more movement uh, had more vertical movement which helped it kind of give that rising effect so that's good and had a little bit more tail than the average uh Kopech fastball or Kopech outing so the fastball is still effective but he needs to find more on that slider he needs to find more on that curveball find more comfortability find the zone more often and uh, uh, Kopech will be in a fine spot even if the the fastball velocity doesn't come back Steven we got any more graphics I think we're done, right? We got the Pollock thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Strike. Um, oh, yeah. Did you like the ump tonight? <sighs> he was in, He was consistently inconsistent. Like, he called a first pitch strike, I believe, versus Tim Anderson that was at least probably like six, seven inches off the plate, elevated. And I was like, if you're going to call that, cool. Make sure you do it all game. And he called that later against Tim. That ball was a little bit more inside and high. But Tim didn't seem too pissed about me and you and everybody who was watching at the time, which was very few and far between, were apoplectic about the A.J. Pollock at bat. He called a pitch a foot off the inside zone. Yeah. Look at that pitch. If you're watching on YouTube, look at that pitch. He called that a strike. And A.J. Pollock, to get in your face and MF you, takes a lot. So yeah, A lot. If, if you're not able to watch, uh, you could see on the screen – there, or I mean, obviously, I'm saying if you, you can't watch, uh, there's a box and there's a lot of space, and then there's a little green dot, um, and that's why AJ Pollock just got thrown out of his third game in his Ever. major league career. And that's the first time, first time since 2018. Yeah. See, yeah, I mean, it's that. That's that's what happens when you delay the game, you make bad calls, and veterans are cranky. You're and gonna get yelled at. And I don't want anybody here to say, "Oh, they're blaming my umps." No, we just gotta point out dumb shit when we see it. That's bad. I know they don't want to go home. Probably have some dinner reservations late night. Go and get some sarpinos, something like that. It's open till four. Up, um, wait up. Four o'clock. <laughs> get some sarpinos still. But 
that was not professional. And AJ getting in his face was warranted. And I hope the ump goes back and looks at that yeah. particular call, comes back out tomorrow, finds AJ and say, hey, man, I missed that call. Just like you saw Jim Joyce do with Galarraga after the no-hit or the perfect game he messed up. Not to the same effect, but a little, a little mea culpa so you can go afar. You, you know you're human. You know that sometimes you make errors and you say, hey, AJ, you were right. I was wrong. I apologize. Something like that. Right. If that's Gavin Sheets, I mean, no, you're not going to do that. But Josh Harrison, a guy who just got his thousandth uh, you know, career hit, uh, today, uh, a guy who's surpassed 10 years of service time, AJ Pollock, uh, same thing. You got to give respect to those guys because he got absolutely hosed on that, and that's going to hurt AJ Pollock's ability to make money, probably. You know, that's another strikeout on the ledger when there shouldn't have been. But uh, that's going to do it for today's CHGO White Sox postgame show. The White Sox lose 8 to 2, and Man. we're all sorts of annoyed by it. And I think all White Sox fans should be too. This and is I the start of the season, and now they're 0 and 2. And I think, and I know the comments are all about it. They're all done. Paul Correct's been done. But that's like the realization that your team is not going to get the job done. It's starting to hit me hard. Yeah. And it's starting, you know, because you see that weekend you had in San Francisco. You're like, okay, here we go. Four and a half games back behind Minnesota. Take one. You're smooth. You're only five and a half games, which they could still do. You're not out of it. They get swept tomorrow. It's seven and a half games, and oh, it's boy. tough. It's tough sledding because that Tigers team is no joke now. So the gimmies, like we're looking at that Tigers series, like three out of four, easy, let's go. It will be that if we lose this game tomorrow, we will have to win three out of four right. versus the Tigers just to sustain and be above level. I mean, Above ground. the White Sox right now are 0-2 in a 15-game stretch. I felt, said the most comfortable I'd feel with them is 8-7. and seven. So you got a lot of ground to make up here. Yeah, I mean, we're not asking them to win go. all the games. Just go 500. Right. And especially versus the Twins, win more than you lose. And now to reach that 8-7 and seven mark, what, 13 games left? You already got two, so you got five losses. You got to go 8-5. and five. I don't know if this White Sox team, team could do it. That's why they you're can, the math guy. Yeah, they can go like 10-7. and seven. You know, I, I don't... I don't I just I don't see them going eight and five. I just I I don't have enough faith in them to even do that. And it's if a, they go bad, stretch. You trade people, trade Johnny Cueto away, trade AJ Pollock, trade AJ Pollock, trade, trade any Josh, bullpen piece, trade Josh Harrison, just trade them away, like and try to re retool on the fly like the Yankees did that one year. Because it's don't, foolish to think that you're going to get a wild card. You're not. Your best option is to go through the AL Central. As I said, they're the worst division in the league. So if you get beat tomorrow by the Twins and then go up to Minnesota and get beat by them too, think about retooling. Think yeah. about just get, getting rid of some players that has some value, get that uh, farm system a little bit better than it is right now. It's still not a good AL Central, and that's what I think will keep them in and keep them interested in buying. But I agree with you that you could still be competitive with this team, even if you sell off A.J. Pollock and Johnny Cueto. Um, if they're at a point where they're five games below 500 on August 2nd, you should make those deals. And then, hey, if Tim Anderson, Andrew Vaughn, Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal. Somebody's come from they, if, It sounds good. Well, no, but if they if they start hitting after August, August, August 2nd, oh, well. I mean, hey, maybe you, you still end up winning the AL Central but you got to find some value on this team. You have to at least add something to this team. And, you know, A.J. Pollock, Cueto, with their age, get rid of them. 
Do you have any untouchables? Somebody comes to you with a real deal. Would you like, no, yeah, I, I, I would. Have it. I would say Andrew Vaughn is okay. untouchable. Okay. I would say Jose Abreu is untouchable. And I would say Tim Anderson's untouchable. Okay. Outside of that, I would not, uh, I guess, Luis Robert. But honestly, whatever. <laughs> Uh-oh. Dylan Cease? Yeah. He's untouchable for me. Cease, I would say so. I mean... I doubt they get rid of Giolito, but I, I mean he's he's not signed long term, so listening. maybe. But I'm listening on most. Hey, I I would listen on everybody, but I would just accept few. Yes. I, I I mean it's. I hear you. I think gutting the team would be stupid, and I yes. think gutting the team just doesn't feel like this team's mo, especially with the way the AL Central is. But I have no faith in 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 buying this team. I have no faith in hey, let's give up all of our prospects, the three prospects we have, you know, try to start a, a fire and, and try to you know get this team going with with some talent but again the issue isn't talent the issue is the talent playing and, and the, the way thing, the, pl- the, the talent's playing and it's been substandard and the thing is like more teams are in it so less teams will be selling more teams will be buying so the white Sox don't have the better options for the teams who are are buying there because colson montgomery is going to be your best chip there sosa or sanchez those are not eye-popping deals sheets not eye-popping guys they're not going to get you anything that going to turn this season around so i say if they see that this ain't going right josh harrison has to leave not because he's a bad guy just he has value yeah and all those other players who have value in one or two year deals might have to bounce too well and josh is asking uh, jose abreu on an expiring contract in 34 to 35 is an untouchable if jose abreu wants to leave then you trade him but outside of that i would not get rid of him on this yeah. team I, I i just i that's just Jose just wants to play like for a championship and he comes up to you and says, this team is dead. Fuck this team. Get me somewhere else. Yeah. You're a con. You probably go to teams and say, Hey man, who can you give me for Jose Abreu? If Jose Abreu doesn't want to be on the White Sox, get rid of him. But if Jose Abreu wants to be on the White Sox, I think it would be stupid to get rid of that legend and, and that important player, and especially right now, your best player. And I still think, again, getting rid of your best player in a very, very weak division is stupid because Jose Abreu, hey, maybe he, he can carry you to the postseason. Maybe he has a real hot August. He usually does. That's we'll see. Month, um, but I, I'd really be shocked if they traded uh, uh, Jose Abreu this year. And uh, that Yaz contract is wild. Yes, it is. It's the largest in franchise history, so hopefully he starts hitting soon. Uh, but that injury's pretty crazy, too. Uh, I've had <laughs> a pinched nerve nuts. in my neck where my left arm just didn't work anymore. Like, I couldn't lift it up, like, here. It was hurting. I'm lifting up, like, almost 90 degrees with the arm and the and the uh, the uh, tricep. It was just pinching. I couldn't do anything. I lost all power, and he's an athlete. So that would be even worse, like... Not be able to move your left leg as a hitter, right? That's his. That's as his a catcher. Like, that's his plant leg on his, or is his back leg on his when he's hitting for the most part, and then his plant leg when he's hitting right-handed. So yeah, it's a it's a problem, right. and it doesn't just go away. You need to do chiropractic work. You need to do other work, drugs, all that stuff. Well, and, and ease it away. And not funny, but uh, just kind of telling. Uh, Averse right-handed pitch. Well, I guess it'd be his left one would be his. Back leg for left-handed, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I had this wrong because versus left-handed pitching, he hasn't had a home run yet, but he had two against right-handed pitching. That's your, that's your, but that means your he would have been leg. batting left-handed. So hey, what do I know? I'm not well, a doctor. That's where you shift your weight to your plant leg, so it makes sense. Yeah, 
That's Herb Lawrence. He's a doctor. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckerwall23. They went on podcast. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. We were joined by Vinny Duber from Guaranteed Rate Field. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can check out all of his work at allchgo.com, and you can become a member there. Members get brand new free t-shirt and we have three brand new styles for you to check out as well when you are getting your free t-shirt so thank you very much for hanging out with us on the chgo white Sox post game show thank you to steven nicholas for your help producing the white Sox lose eight to two we will see you tomorrow at 12 30 p.m for a live pre-game show to see if the white Sox can avoid the sweep thank you to steven nicholas for your production and thank you to fleetwood mac for their 1979 album tusk we'll talk to you tomorrow and go white Sox.